What Really Happened with your host, Mike Rivero. The history the government hopes you never learn. Here is your host, Michael Rivero. Welcome to our show today. It is Wednesday, July 19th, 2023, middle of the weekday, hump day, starting at long, slow, glide down to Powell on a Friday, and all sorts of craziness uh, with that. And uh, it's another really, really busy news day. We're going to try and get as much of it in before it's time to open up the phone lines for your comments, questions, observations, and opinions. Mike is in our control room today taking care of business, and so let's get right on into it. Now, today was the uh, hearing of the House Oversight Committee uh, regarding the IRS whistleblowers. Uh, the Democrats were throwing hizzy fits. Uh, the ranking Democrat Raskin kept saying there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there, there, no evidence. And uh, uh, basically, you know, we're listening to these two veteran IRS whistleblowers. Uh, one of them is Democrat and gay, so they can't say this is a partisan operation. And they went into detail Hunter Biden's financial crimes, ties to CCP-owned companies, and Joe Biden's potential involvement. And Raskin kept trying to shift the topic, saying, we've got to talk about Trump's recent indictment, Trump's recent indictment. Comer had to remind him that's not what this hearing is about. And Raskin's out there and said, well, we, we probably should here. And... Uh, I want to read to you one of the whistleblower's uh, opening statements. This was Gary Shapley, and he basically said, I'm here to tell you that the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office and Department of Justice's handling of the Hunter Biden tax investigation was very different from any other case my 14 years at the IRS. At every stage, decisions were made that benefited the subject of this investigation. For example, prosecutors concealed contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from investigators. DOJ slow walked steps to include interviews, serving document requests, and executing search warrants. Warrants that were ready as early as April of 2020, but were delayed until after the November 2020 election and afterwards never pursued. Investigators were not allowed to follow up on WhatsApp messages from Hunter Biden's Apple iCloud backup, where he suggested he was sitting next to his father. Assistant United States Attorney Leslie Wolf cited the optics of executing a search warrant at President Biden's residence as a deciding factor for not allowing it, even though she agreed that probable cause existed. little side note for me, uh, they certainly weren't worried about optics when they raided Mar-a-Lago. Anyway, prosecutors instructed investigators not to talk about the big guy or dad where, when conducting interviews. The Biden transition team was tipped off about interviews the night before the investigators went over. And uh, there's a lot more to it. It's available online. It's available at whatreallyhappened.com. And <clears throat> so Joseph Ziegler basically is accusing the Department of Justice of obstruction in the Hunter Biden probe. Uh, in a couple of cases, running out the statute of limitations so that the, they simply disappeared. And, uh, you know, there, there's a, a lot of obvious uh, uh, interference going on here. And Ziegler said, I sit here before you not as a hero or a victim, but as a whistleblower compelled to disclose the truth. I'm risking my career, my reputation, and my casework outside of the investigation we are here to discuss. And uh, I ultimately made the decision to come forward after what I believe were multiple attempts at blowing the whistle uh, inside the Internal Revenue Service. So it's uh, definitely out there. Now, Ziegler confirmed that between the years 2014 and 2019, just five years, the Biden family received approximately $17 million from Romania, China and other foreign countries. 
And he said the IRS investigators were discouraged from probing the Biden crimes. Uh, they were told that interviewing Hunter Biden's adult children would get us in, into hot water. I'm sorry, Joe Biden, uh, the adult children, um, would get them into hot water. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that's clear interference here. When Harridge asked Ziegler if he'd found evidence that President Biden had financially benefited from his son, Hunter Biden's deal, Ziegler did not feel comfortable answering the question. He alluded to an environment within the IRS that curtailed the scope of their inquiries related to the president. He said, anytime we potentially wanted to go down the road of asking questions related to the president, it was, that's going to take too many approvals. We can't ask those questions. And it created an environment that was very hard to deal with. So anyway, James Comer came on out reminding everybody that the Bidens created over 20 shell companies, most of which were created when Joe Biden was vice president. The Bidens received incremental payments over time to various bank accounts. These complicated financial transactions were used to deliberately conceal the source of funds and total amounts. No normal business operates like this. What were the Bidens selling? Now, Representative J uh, Jason Smith came on out and commented, you know, the IRS recommended multiple felony charges against Hunter Biden relating to at least $8.3 million in income from foreign companies in China, Romania, and Ukraine. And the Department of Justice engaged in a campaign to delay, divulge, and deny that investigation. And uh, so it got really intense. Uh, Raskin, really very obviously partisan in situation. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene was there, and she kind of shook the hearing up when she showed a picture from Hunter Biden's laptop of him having sex with prostitutes. And uh, one of the things that came out in the hearing was that Hunter Biden uh, was listing uh, some of his costs associated with his uh, sex life as legitimate business deductions. Uh, there was this uh, sex club he belonged to, and he put down uh, uh, that fee that he paid for that uh, as, as a country club rather than a sex club. And... Uh, Apparently, uh, there was one time when he uh, rented a room at a hotel uh, to teach himself how to make crack, and uh, he listed that as a business expense. And so it just went on and on and on and on. Now, a lot of people in the audience watching this thing, including the family of Ashley Babbitt, I noticed they were sitting in the stands there. And uh, so they, it's all over social media. There's all kinds of clips. There are more articles about this at whatreallyhappened.com. And I, I come away from this deeply disappointed in the Congress as a whole. These are supposed to be statesmen and stateswomen. And what I saw today was a bunch of supermarket clerks, you know, fighting over the carcass of what was once the greatest nation on earth. And it was ter a terrible sight to see. It really, really was. Okay. Now, over at the House Judiciary Committee, Chairman Jim Jordan has issued a stern warning to FBI Director Christopher Wray, threatening to hold him in contempt of Congress for ignoring subpoenas. And so, uh, again, more obfuscation, more cover-up, and uh, it's, it's just all coming apart. And the deep state is in a panic, the Democrats are in a panic. Uh, they're doing anything that they can to try and distract from this and get the focus back on Trump. Trump has been indicted again for leading an insurrection. And that's funny because uh, just a couple of weeks ago when Ray Epps was finally going to face charges, they would say it was just a protest. It wasn't an insurrection. It was just a protest. Now with the, the third uh, 
Donald Trump indictment is back to being it's an insurrection. And it's like they, they really don't think that we remember what they said before. And uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, now, let's see. Oh, uh, this one actually should have gone above the Chris Ray situation. The FBI told a supervisory agent investigating Hunter Biden to duck the House Oversight Committee questions about the ongoing criminal case involving Hunter, according to a letter obtained by the New York Post. So, yeah, it's, there's the evidence of a cover-up right there from within the FBI itself. And a lot of people are saying, wow, the FBI has really sunk to a new low. But actually, the FBI has kind of been down there uh, all along. Uh, at least going back as far as COINTELPRO in the 1960s. And, of course, uh, I felt their wrath uh, back in 1994 when they got me kicked out of Hollywood regarding the Vince Foster uh, situation here. There's an article out of Global Research, and uh, it re it's saying the truth. The Biden presidency is sinking deeper and deeper into failure. And they're saying both in domestic policy and in foreign affairs, there have been few U.S. presidencies that have failed as thoroughly as Biden's is failing. His foreign policies have focused upon defeating simultaneously Russia and China, two countries on the opposite side of the planet from us, and which for decades have sought good relations with us. But Biden has been trying to turn Ukraine into a U.S. colony armed against Russia on Russia's border. And he's been trying to turn Taiwan into a U.S. colony armed against China on China's border and will obviously fail on both objectives or else calls World War Three. And uh, all of this is actually U.S. aggression against both Russia and China uh, because neither country poses any real threat to the U.S. national security. If the U.S. wasn't meddling in Ukraine and Taiwan, Russia and China would just sit down and say, well, you know, we'll just let the U.S. work out their own problems here. The recent uh, NATO summit in Vilnius was a disaster uh, because all of the things that Biden has been ordering Ukraine and the U European countries to do are failing. And even his plan B against China to get Japan and other U.S. colonies added to NATO uh, so as for America to dominate uh, the Pacific is running in, into what appears to be insurmountable barriers. And then, of course, you've got Biden's mishandling of the economy, the uh, Afghanistan disaster, uh, the open borders in the South. Uh, he, I don't think Biden could be doing a worse job if he was trying, and maybe he is trying. There's a lot of people who are saying they're trying to, you know, the, the globalists want the U.S. destroyed to bring about the one world government and the Great Reset, and maybe that's what's going on here. Now, getting on back to Donald Trump and his appearance before a grand jury regarding his role in January 6th. And remember, it's on video, it's available in social media, that before uh, the uh, protesters got to the Capitol building, uh, he said, peaceful demonstration, cooperate with the police. And then once things started to get a little bit rowdy, he uh, released another video from the White House saying, you know, leave, go home peacefully. And those three videos basically exonerate him. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a kangaroo court, and uh, the, uh, the Democrats are desperate enough to try and invoke the 14th Amendment on him uh, because, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, the uh, Constitution doesn't actually prohibit a convicted felon from being president. Uh, and so they're going back to this uh, amendment that was passed immediately after the Civil War specifically to target Confederates 
And they're bringing it up and say, well, you know, Trump, Trump inspired an insurrection and therefore he cannot hold America, uh, uh, government office anymore. It's desperation on the cusp of madness. And uh, a lot of people are leaping to the defense of Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, he's, he's up in the polls and way above President Biden for re-election. So what are they going to do? Weaponize government to go after their number one opponent. Uh, this was from House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and <clears throat> saying that Trump's announcement would likely be indicted, arrested soon over his alleged role in January 6th. Uh, McCarthy said this is not equal justice. They treat people differently and they go after their adversaries. And this, you know, bias in the government, this targeting of conservatives and, and Republicans, uh, you know, goes back at least as far as the Obama administration. Remember the big IRS uh, scandal there where they were targeting con uh, conservative groups and trying to revoke their tax exempt status and all kinds of things like that. So. Um, uh, House Majority Leader Steve Scalise uh, also came to Trump's uh, uh, defense, noting that the news, you know, the, the, the hearings that we saw today uh, show that the investigation into Hunter Biden was stonewalled by the prosecutors. And now the Biden administration is going after Trump once again. Is there a double standard? Well, yes. If the Democrats didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. Marjorie Taylor Greene chimed in saying the charges are ridiculous and special counsel Jack Smith is weaponizing the Department of Justice against Donald Trump. So there is an article in The Federalist and it's sounding a warning that the Biden's Department of Justice will trigger a major crisis if Trump is indicted for January 6th. And the idea that this could even happen should terrify all Americans, regardless of their political beliefs. OK, put bluntly, if uh, the Department of Justice arrests Trump, the president's main political rival heading into the 2024 election, it will trigger a political and electoral crisis unlike anything in U.S. history. Uh, it's not too much to say that such a move would not only imperil the upcoming presidential election, but the republic itself. Jailing your political rivals is what happens in tin-pot dictatorships like Nicaragua, where President Daniel Ortega's political rivals often find themselves arrested and imprisoned on charges of treason. And, yeah, it's Biden's banana republic. It looks like it's going to happen here. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene chimed on in, saying that special counsel Jack Smith is a weak little bitch for the Democrats. And it's kind of interesting that uh, Jack Smith's career as an attorney is not a very good one. He's made a lot of mistakes in previous cases. He had a lot of uh, cases uh, dismissed, overturned, uh, bordering on the edge of uh, uh, misconduct. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's definitely up there. And uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying uh, this is all absolute bull biscuits, not her exact words, but you, you get the idea here. Now, relative to January 6th, and we mentioned this before, but it does fit into the current context here. Uh, lawyers for January 6th prisoner Edward Jacob Lake Lang have filed a document with the Supreme Court of the United States challenging the government's obstruction of Congress charge, one of the most common felony charges used against the January 6th defendants, which carries a 20-year prison sentence. 
And the lawyers filed what's called a writ of certiorari, or a request to the Supreme Court to hear an issue. And uh, they want to take it to the uh, high court to review the details behind Mr. Lang's alleged violation of Title 18 U.S. Code Section 1512C2, one of the 11 charges against him. According to the writ, Mr. Lang filed a motion to dismiss the Section 1512 count prior to trial. The district court granted his motion. However, on a consolidated interlocutory appeal to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, joined by two similarly situated co-defendants, the court, in a split decision, reversed the district, uh, district court. A motion for a rehearing was denied. It is a kangaroo court here. And... Um, the question presented for review by the Supreme Court is whether the Court of Appeals erred in concluding that application of 18 U.S.C. Section 1512 C2, a statute crafted to prevent tampering with evidence in official proceedings, can be used to prosecute acts of violence against police officers in the context of a public demonstration that turned into a riot, resulting in so breathtaking application of the statute as to run afoul of Van Buren versus United States. So uh, this is basically conflicting with a prior legal precedent. Now, legal expert Jonathan Turley uh, predicted earlier today that another indictment against Donald Trump may backfire unless investigators possess airtight evidence of a crime. And in other words, they have to come up with hardcore evidence that Donald Trump in some way said, yes, go into the Capitol building and cause damage. And if they don't, then... You know, it's going to blow up in their face, and Americans are going to see just how corrupted the entire system has become. And that is not going to make them happy. All right, now, getting on back to this uh, government interacting with social media uh, to uh, block posts and comments that they, they don't agree with, which is a clear violation of the First Amendment. Um, you know, this goes back to January 2021, where Biden administration policymakers policy uh, claimed a right to suppress the online posts and comments of conservatives and anybody else who had a bad attitude toward federal power. Now, that party ended on July 4th when federal judge Terry Dowdy condemned the Biden censorship regime as potentially the most massive attack against free speech in U.S. history. Dowdy issued a preliminary injunction to ban the federal agencies and the White House from brow browbeating social media companies. The case against Joe Biden was brought by the state attorney generals of Louisiana and Missouri and joined by several private groups. Well, that answers the question that a caller into the show yesterday was asking. Can state attorney generals bring cases against federal officials? And the answer clearly is uh, left here. And unfortunately, another judge has uh, blocked the injunction. So as of right now, the government is still meddling with social media in order to deny you your First Amendment rights. And uh, so we have a government that's refusing to live by the original contract with America, which is that Constitution and the Bill of Rights. They're not following the rules. They're not keeping their half of the bargain. So why should Americans keep our half of the bargains? Why should we obey their orders? Why should we send our kids off to die in their wars? Okay, we got to take a break for commercials, and we'll be right back.
so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pastures meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasteurized meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. But I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raise the way nature intended. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. What really happened with your host, Mike Rivero? You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Here is your host, Michael Rivero. Welcome back to the show here, and I just checked in. The hearings are still going on with the IRS whistleblowers, and Representative Kwasi Mufune, the Democrat from Maryland, just said something that's very, very disturbing, and this is a direct quote. The DOJ, FBI, and IRS keep this democracy in check. What the heck does he mean by that? That's what I would like to know. It's, a, it, you know, it's like when... Um, uh, Mike Pence came on out and said, well, you know, I'm worried about Ukraine, but the rest of it is not my concern. They're, they're really disconnected here. 
Okay, now, last year when the Sam Bankman fraud crypto scandal broke, Vito O'Rourke pledged to return all of the cash donated uh, by the alleged criminal. But according to records, Vito is still holding $100,000 donated to him by Bankman Freed. So, anyway. Now, getting on to uh, other bits of news, uh, tonight... Donald Trump will host a screening of Sound of Freedom at the Trump National Club in Bedminster. I understand that uh, uh, the director and the star uh, will be there uh, to answer questions. And, uh, yeah, it, it is still out there. People are clamoring to see it. And the left is just, you know, having kittens, just saying, no, it's all a hoax. It's, no, there's no child sex trafficking at all going on. Well, what did they throw Jeff Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell into prison for is what I want to know here. And there's been another case of uh, a little media being attacked by the left wing. And this is coming from country music singer Jason Aldean who came out with a song, Try That in a Small Town. And um, it's actually a good song, and it's a good little video. And it basically, uh, the video shows a lot of scenes of stuff that's been going on in the country, the out-of-control crime, uh, the open southern border, uh, all kinds of things like that. And, uh, you know, the left apparently had a real problem with that. And they're, they're screaming, he's, he's encouraging violence against these, you know, violent people in the streets here, and you know, criminals have rights or some such nonsense as that. And they, uh, they caused such a fuss that the uh, video was taken down from country music television. And that's kind of uh, interesting, and a lot of people are saying that country music television just had their Bud Light moment, and already there are calls for people to simply turn it off and uh, unsubscribe. And uh, basically, all the song is saying is that in a small town, you can't get away with the nonsense that we're seeing in these big, democratically controlled cities, which are completely out of control. All righty. And this song actually came out in May. He released the song itself in May and really didn't get a lot of backlash from the left at that time. But uh, the music video really makes some very, very strong visual points, and that's why the left is uh, hating it, absolutely hating it. Now, speaking about the deterioration of life in democratic areas, Illinois has become the first state in the nation to eliminate cash bail, clearing the way for potentially dangerous criminals to be set free on the streets while they're awaiting their trial. And... uh, Uh, Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker celebrated the step earlier today. Critics are saying, are you out of your mind? Uh, Illinois Republican Party Chair Don Tracy said the law will significantly undermine public safety by releasing from custody dangerous, violent criminals at a time when police are under attack and Illinois families and crime victims already fear for their personal safety. And uh, under Governor Pritzker, Illinois has become less safe and violent crime is on the rise. So, yeah, and that seems to be what the Democrats want to have in the streets is more violent crime, more chaos. And uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh, Now, let's get into COVID. Uh, The New York Times is now admitting that the official data on deaths caused by the COVID virus, not the vaccine, the disease itself, was overcounted by at least 30%. 
And citing data from the CDC, the New York Times states that a third of the COVID deaths were actually caused by something else. And, of course, we had reported earlier where uh, doctors were assigning COVID as the cause of death, uh, you know, just to run the numbers up. The most ridiculous one uh, was a, a gentleman who got killed in a traffic accident, but he tested positive for COVID, and that's what they put down as the cause of death, you know. So, uh, anyway... So they were cooking the data right from day one. All righty. The West Australia Vaccine Safety Surveillance reported that in 2021, a total of 3,948,673 individual doses of COVID-19 vaccines were recorded as being administered to Western Australian residents. The increase in vaccine administration resulted in a significant increase in reports of vaccine injuries called adverse events, Following immunization, um, let's see, Western Australian Vaccine Safety Surveillance received 10,726 individual reports in 2021, up from just 270 in 2020. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> there, you know, it's, it's obvious what's been going on. This is the biggest medical goof since thalidomide. And we are coming up on another commercial break, and so we will be back in a few minutes with more news. tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? 
quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Got the bombs, we'll plant them anywhere you like and blow up in air one. Whip this world into a frenzy, killing babies, dads, and moms. If you got the money, honey, we got the bombs. If you got the money, well, welcome we back to our show here. And I was just checking on social media and um, over on Twitter. Uh, I've got a whole 5,000 followers, and they're real followers. They're not bots and fake accounts like so many of our politicians and celebrities use here. Getting on back to COVID, uh, there is a report that uh, after millions of deaths and mounting evidence of culpability, the Biden administration has finally cut off the funding uh, to the Wuhan lab. And uh, the uh, issue given was that the Wuhan lab was asked to produce a uh, safety report regarding, you know, no more leaks and uh, failed to do so. But I think the issue is that uh, the Biden administration wants to pull back from this perception that they have been funding the development of biological weapons, which is what they mean when they say gain of function. Getting into the international news, things are getting really dicey over in Ukraine. Scott Ritter was on Redacted with Clayton Morris. Uh, talking about how uh, the uh, original military forces of the Ukrainian army are pretty much, you know, wiped out and uh, they have no real men left. And there have been reports on social media, including videos um, of, uh, you know, Ukraine just grabbing young men off the street and sending them to the front line. And, of course, without any real training, their life expectancy can be measured with an egg timer. But that's how desperate Zelensky is right now. Now, the Washington Post reported earlier today that U.S. officials believe Ukraine should be launching more large-scale assaults against Russia's defensive lines despite the risk of major losses and are blaming Ukraine's tactics for the struggling counteroffensive. In other words, they're saying push harder, push harder. I can't imagine that Zelensky isn't pushing as hard as he can because, remember, he got that ultimatum from NATO that if he does not show significant progress by the end of the year... NATO's going to say it's time for peace talks. And, uh, you know, it, it's 
it's getting ugly over there. Now, the failure of Ukraine's counteroffensive may lead to uh, the West's defeat, according to a British expert. And, uh, uh, you know, Kiev uh, may be forced to make territorial concessions to Russia, meaning they get those uh, areas in um, uh, the Donbass, uh, where the ethnic Russians are all living. And this was from Robert Clark, who wrote an opinion piece for the Daily Telegraph. And he said, if Kiev fails in its battlefield endeavors to split that land bridge and retake much of its own territory by winter, then vocal calls of territorial concessions for marginal political outcomes is going to become far more prevalent, not just in Ukraine, but likely from Western capitals as well. Everybody's getting sick of this thing. It's huge amounts of money and not much gain. Now, the head of U.S. aid, Samantha Power, has rolled out multiple aid packages totaling hundreds of millions of dollars during a multi-day trip to Ukraine. And the civilian assistance was announced as, as the White House prepared another $1.3 billion tranche of weapons for Kiev. Now, Power arrived in Kiev yesterday, revealing a $500 million humanitarian assistance package for Ukraine. And... Uh, she said uh, that she, the United States will provide more than $500 million in additional humanitarian assistance to our humanitarian partners to scale up their response. They will support everything from shelter for those whose homes have been destroyed to trauma support for those most affected by the war. Now, on Tuesday, Power arrived in Odessa and announced another $250 million aid package directed to Ukrainian farmers. And she said, through its Agricultural Resilience Initiative Ukraine, USAID is providing an additional $250 million to support Ukraine's agriculture sector. This at a time when farms are under attack in the United States and the European Union. Is this making any sense at all? Or is, are these millions of dollars going into uh, certain corrupt pockets in Ukraine to keep them moving forward on the war? They, probably a lot of them want to quit as well. Okay. Now, um, the failure of the grain deal uh, will result in huge financial losses for Ukraine. And apparently uh, Russia is backing it up with strikes on the port facilities uh, in uh, uh, Odessa and uh, basically wrecking the ports on the Black Sea. And this is the worst attack of the war so far. Uh, Explosions were being heard in uh, Odessa. And uh, so... uh, um, oh, actually, yeah, the, the, the first wave of explosions hit the city between 1.05 a.m. and 1.07 a.m., uh, followed by two more uh, barrages. Nobody, uh, local authorities are yet to comment on the situation. Uh, but, yeah, the, the ending the grain deal has really shifted things. Now, Russia plans to increase the deliveries of fifth-generation fighter aircraft to its armed forces, according to Prime Minister Mikhail Mishustin. And it said it is planned to increase the deliveries of fifth-generation fighter aircraft. He said that one of the Council's priorities is to ensure that the state procurement order is being implemented in time. Meanwhile, the United States is concerned that Western warplanes aren't going to help Ukraine. This is coming from the Washington Post. And even if Ukraine receives modern Western-made jets, uh, they'll be of little use. 
First of all, because of Russia's powerful air defenses, which are turning out to be a lot tougher than was expected. And, uh, of course, Ukraine has a shortage of pilots that are trained to use these modern aircraft. That's why they're uh, you know, sending them out to learn on the uh, F-16s and so forth. So it's amazing. Now, General Milley has admitted that it would take years and billions of dollars for Ukraine to match the Russian air power. And it say, he says 10 F-16s cost uh, $2 billion. It's an older aircraft. So the Russians have hundreds of fourth and fifth generation airframes. If the Ukrainians are going to try and match the Russians one for one or even two to one, you're talking about a large number of aircraft. Yes, you are. Another story, uh, this is from Citizen Watch Report, and it's confirming what Biden accidentally leaked on out. The U.S. and the NATO allies are running dangerously low on ammunition. And we could see major conflicts erupt in the Middle East or over in China. And thanks to the recklessness of the Biden administration, the U.S. could soon find itself fighting wars with both Russia and China simultaneously. So you would think that our military brass would be absolutely determined to make sure we have plenty of ammunition. But we don't. In fact, as a result of sending so much ammunition to Ukraine, our own stockpiles are dangerously, dangerously low. And it's another case of bad management. Now, <clears throat> the Russian Foreign Ministry uh, has issued a statement saying that there are no more security guarantees for Black Sea navigation. And these uh, security guarantees were for the uh, uh, cargo ships carrying the grain during the grain deal, carrying it to Europe, carrying it to Africa, and so forth. And uh, that no longer holds true, and the Russian military has now issued a maritime warning for Black Sea that any ships approaching the Ukrainian ports okay, will be treated as if they could, are potential carriers of war goods. In other words, they will be stopped and searched, and any war materials found will be confiscated. So that's, uh, that's, it's escalating. It's really escalating. Now, over in Hungary, uh, Prime Minister Orban, joined by Latin America's pro-peace stance, um, is saying most of the world is tired of war, and I think that is definitely true. If there, anybody thinks the war is fun, uh, you can enlist. But anyway, uh, Prime Minister Viktor Orban took to Facebook uh, yesterday to proclaim that Hungary and Latin America both have a pro-peace stance regarding the conflict, and they want the war to end as soon as possible, uh, certainly before it escalates into something involving nuclear weapons. Now, here's an article from the original antiwar.com. NATO is a warfare alliance, not a force for global peace or stability. And at his speech during the recent NATO summit in Vilnius, President Biden called the U.S. and Europe anchors for global security, when in reality there are no anchors during this very dangerous time of never-ending war in Europe. And so... Our NATO allies are not, as Biden would suggest, anchors in a turbulent sea of demons, but rather catalysts stirring the cauldron of war on behalf of the U.S. Empire. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, another uh, episode of Redacted with Clayton Morris. The truth behind the Nord Stream terror attack is coming on out. And uh, he interviewed Jeffrey Brodsky, who investigated the catastrophe and testified about it in front of the United Nations. And basically came on out with the uh, uncomfortable truths nobody in politics wants to hear. 
In other words, no, Russia did not blow up their own pipeline, just like they did not blow up their own dam, and they did not blow up their own bridge. Anyway, now down in Great Britain, there is something going on with the uh, financial system. Uh, UK bank Coots dropped British politician Nigel Farage as a customer. They originally said it was because his accounts contained insufficient funds. Okay, but it turns out, according to a 40-page dossier compiled by the bank and seen by the UK Telegraph, it's because uh, Nigel Farage's social and political views were incompatible with the values of the bank. And here I thought banks were just about, you know, taking deposits in and loaning them out at interest. And, uh, but no, banks are now being used to implement uh, political agendas. Nigel Farage has responded saying, this is getting close to the Chinese social credit system. They revoked my bank account over Stasi-style report on Brexit, racism, and meeting tennis star Novak Djokovic. Uh, okay. Now, the U.S. has deployed troops to northern Syria, prompting concerns over counterterrorism commitment in Vilnius. And uh, apparently, following Turkey's relentless struggle against the Kurdistan Workers' Party, a series of controversial steps have been taken consecutively by the United States. Most notably, the U.S. has recently announced the deployment of 2,500 troops to northern regions of Syria, which are currently under control of the PKK. This decision has prompted concerns about the U.S. government's dedication to counterterrorism efforts, especially during its recent pledge for a joint fight against terrorism at the NATO summit. Okay. Now, relations with Israel uh, have been deteriorating. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, Biden mumbling and almost falling asleep during his uh, recent meeting with the president of Israel didn't help things. But former Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid has warned that his country's relations with the U.S. have deteriorated so much under the leadership of Netanyahu that Washington is no longer our closest ally. Oh, I'm so heartbroken to hear that. And uh, Lapid made the comments on Monday saying the Israeli government is leading us into this crisis, making the biggest and most dramatic changes to the regime in our history without holding a single discussion, not even one, about the economic, security, social, and political consequences of the move. And he says Israel is being torn in two over this judicial reform issue. Okay, now Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman threatened to place sanctions on the United Arab Emirates in a private conversations with journalists last year. This is according to the Wall Street Post. The threat had come amid a growing rift between bin Salman and UAE President Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed al-Nayyan, rented lips, marked by differences over regional policies and OPEC limits. And uh, basically... Uh, uh, bin Salman warned that Saudi Arabia would take punitive measures against its ally if the UAE continued to undercut the kingdom in the region. He was quoted as saying, it'll be worse than what I did with Qatar. So Mohammed bin Salman clearly uh, wants to be a power player uh, in that part of the world. Now, this is kind of interesting. We've been talking about Africa and why everybody wants to get in there. It is the last remaining... Uh, untapped natural resources, the lar largest left on Earth, and everyone wants to get in there and get uh, whatever's in the ground and dig it up. But nearly 50 African states are going to attend a summit in Russia next week in St. Petersburg. 
And uh, the decision to participate demonstrates African nations' firm commitment to developing relations with Moscow despite Western pressure. So uh, the U.S. influence in Africa, again, is in decline. Okay, now getting on back to this soldier who wandered into uh, North Korea. The story that we were hearing yesterday was that he was in uh, disciplinary trouble and uh, decided to defect to North Korea. Maybe, maybe not. Story out of the Global Times saying the Biden administration might be forced to engage North Korea. And they're saying that uh, this uh, U.S. soldier willfully trespassing into North Korea heightened tensions, and it was followed by test launches of two missiles by North Korea. And so when that incident first happened, I suggested this could be a deliberate provocation by Washington to escalate the situation with Korea, and it may, in fact, have been just that. And I have a very serious question here. With the U.S. running low on ammunition and already provoking Russia and already provoking China, I think starting another fight with North Korea would not be a particularly good idea at this time. Meanwhile, Taiwan says it detected a record 16 Chinese warships around the island. And uh, apparently uh, this uh, was uh, topping a previous high set when the Chinese military responded to then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to the island in August of last year. So the Taiwanese Defense Ministry said it detected 16 Chinese People's Liberation Army ships operating around Taiwan last Friday. It's not clear how close they came to the island. All right, the U.S. is going to uh, tune up, I guess, its uh, nuclear command and control in the next decade at an estimated cost of $117 billion. This is going to be the cost of operating, upgrading, and maintaining the systems the U.S. Department of Defense relies on to monitor, ready, and launch nuclear weapons. And so, uh, yeah, they're getting... (laughs) We all hope and pray that those things never, ever get used. Now, we've been talking about the military-industrial complex and how it seems really geared toward making money, taking money away from you, giving it to the defense contractors who in turn, you know, uh, offer generous jobs to uh, retiring Pentagon officials and great donations to certain politicians here. And as a result, we don't really get good weapons. You know, the F-35 has got all kinds of problems. The uh, uh, Gerald R. Ford, they're not sure it could ever really survive actual combat. Powertrain problems on the Zumwalt uh, stealth destroyer, which turns out not to be all that stealthy. The Freedom and Independence class uh, littoral combat ships, which are so bad, they're already being scrapped and they're going back to the drawing board. It's all about churning the money on out there. And there's an article on this very topic coming from Responsible State. Oh, i got to take a break. I'll get to the story when we come back from these few words. me seems to get sick but me my brother got the flu twice my mother was down with some sort of fever 
People at work were taking sick days off and others were just plain tired and run down. And me? Well, I just keep feeling great all the time with Extenovite. My grandfather used to talk about the power of garlic and other herbs he took that kept him healthy. I'm lucky. Extenovite was just what I needed to keep me healthy. And Extenovite is all natural. Extenovite was designed for the heart but does so much more by keeping me healthy all the time. I'll take Extenovite forever. Get your two-month supply for only $69.95 plus shipping and handling. My name is Rick, and you can be like me. Just by calling 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Subscribe to the Freedom Times monthly newspaper, published since 1985. That's right, 1985. The Freedom Times pulls no punches and observes no sacred cows or taboos. The perilous times we live in are too critical for anything but honest discussion of America's plight. The Freedom Times is the antidote to the lies and distortions of the fake news media. There is no better way to inform and enlighten Americans than by reading The Freedom Times each month. New subscribers may sign up at the special rate of just $29 for one year or $55 for two years. Subscribe online by going to AmericanFreedomNews.us or mail your subscription to The Freedom Times, P.O. Box 218, Wildwood, Pennsylvania, 15091. That's The Freedom Times, P.O. Box 218, Wildwood, Pennsylvania, 15091. Support America's best patriotic newspaper and one of the very few left by becoming a subscriber to The Freedom Times today. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject, from the funding behind the transgender movement to first-hand memoirs of World War II previously inaccessible to English-speaking audiences. We publish books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo. Whether you count yourself as a political dissident, student of history, connoisseur of philosophy, or enthusiast of exciting and thought-provoking fiction, you owe it to yourself to check out our catalog. With exclusive offerings like The Transgender Industrial Complex, Solzhenitsyn and the Right, The Open Society Playbook, Opioids for the Masses, and many more, there's something for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out our catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com and use code RBNREADERS2023 for 10% off your order. That's RBNREADERS2023 at antelopehillpublishing.com. Welcome to What Really Happened Radio. Visit us online at whatreallyhappened.com. And now, set your eyes on the future and let's consider what really happened. Okay, so we're talking about the military-industrial complex and there's an article that came out of Responsible Statecraft. The $850 billion chicken comes home to roost. The military-industrial complex is not designed to actually fight wars. If so, you wouldn't see Ukraine struggling right now to win one. And they're talking about the recent video of Ukrainian troops scrambling out of a U.S.-supplied a supplied Bradley infantry fighting vehicle uh, after it got hit by a mine. And... Uh, you're talking about how hard the U.S. Army bureaucrats and contractors who developed the weapon fought to keep this vehicle a death trap for anybody riding inside. Now, as originally designed, the Bradley tanks promptly burst into flame when hit with anything more powerful than a BB pellet. 
and uh, the armor bureaucrats were well aware of the defect, but pausing development for a redesign would have hurt their budget, so they delayed and cheated on tests to keep the program on track. Only when Jim Burton, a courageous Air Force lieutenant colonel from the Pentagon's testing office, enlisted Congress to mandate a proper live fire test were the Army's malign subterfuges exposed and corrected. Now, Jim Burton's the guy I talk about uh, in uh, the Pentagon Wars. He wrote a book about his experience with the Bradley Infantry Fighting Vehicle Development, and that was then later made into a movie. Uh, which is definitely worth seeing. It's a very entertaining film, but it does document what was going on, and some of it is actually pretty silly here. All right, getting into the economy. U.S. housing starts uh, single-unit homes plunged 7.4% year-over-year in June for the 14th straight month of declines. Multifamily starts are down 11.56% just from May to June. Permits are down 13.52%. And basically that means, uh, you know, housing starts are down. And, uh, you know, the the, the problem is that interest rates are so high, uh, people aren't ready to make that leap into buying a house because, you know, all mortgages these days are variable rate and they don't want to get burned down the road. Now, Russian investment in Iraq is reaching a new and promising stage. So Iraq is... uh, you know, becoming more Russo-friendly um, or Russophile, if you will. And uh, they're not happy with the United States. And Russia is going to accomplish with peaceful commerce uh, what the U.S. really failed to do uh, with a military approach. And I've been saying for years, let's go for peace through commerce rather than all of this shooting bullets and bombs and everything. South Korea's Yoon inks a major reconstruction deal with Ukraine, potentially elbowing out China. So that's kind of interesting. And let's see, the IEA uh, is warning of a winter natural gas crisis if Russia cuts the supplies, which I think they probably will do, especially after the insult to the Nord Stream pipeline. Meanwhile, five European Union countries are urging the Commission to extend the ban on imports of Ukrainian grain. Well, I don't think they're going to have to worry about that anymore because the grain deal just died. And that's going to hit a lot of people. And like I said yesterday, we're already getting reports of panic buying. So if you use a lot of flour, you do a lot of baking, you might want to stock up. And, of course, anything made with wheat, their prices are going to go up as well. Okay, we've got to take a break for station identification. We're going to open up the phone lines, 512-248-8252, and we will be right back. been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company we have a solution for you simply clean foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market 
Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.